The Braves Radio Network channel on the podcast park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Hello. Hey, Fred, welcome to Braves Country, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm very honored to be here. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, one time Cowboy Mouth actually sang the national anthem on the field at a Braves game. Wow, that's amazing. I did not know that. My research was extensive, but we, we missed that somehow. That's amazing. Now, what yeah. stadium was it in? Turner Field. D- and did the Bravos win that day? Uh, I think they did, actually. Of course they, they did. did. We're all winning when Cowboy Mouth plays. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, uh, we got Tug Coward here. We're in the studios of the Atlanta Braves Radio Network, and uh, we're, we're glad you're here with us. Dude, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, back at you, man. How are you doing? Man, I could not be better. There's just a whole lot to be thankful for. There always is. Yes, gratitude. sir. Yeah. The, the attitude of gratitude, man. That's how you get through this world. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue, Smith's Old Bar, is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. It's funny because in the last couple weeks, we've seen that a whole lot. I'm sure you saw the DeMar Hamlin story, you know, where he collapsed on the field Monday Night Football, and and there were people praying Mm -hmm. on the field. There were people praying at ESPN, of all places. Which you would have thought they would have burst into flames. Yeah, that's exactly right. You say that in jest, but that's true. I was like, goodness gracious, they they are praying on ESPN. What am I seeing? They came out of the flames into the light. The big guy upstairs doesn't ask for much. He just asks for acknowledgement. That's all right. So you had that happen, and then at the University of Georgia, they did the big back-to-back national championship parade there at Athens, and it was a glorious time, and that was fantastic. But then the uh, early Sunday morning, the wreck that killed a player and a, a recruiting analyst, and then people are praying again. All of a sudden, it's not a joke when someone says, you know, send in thoughts and prayers. People are actually doing it. I mean, you know, it works. You and I know that, but oftentimes, like, it gets looked over and it gets scoffed at, and it did my heart a world of good to see that. You know, it, it, it's funny because I've always kind of leaned on that, and, you know, we all have our own 
personal relationship with the big guy upstairs, you sure. know, and there's a lot of people that, unfortunately, I think not as many as we're led to believe, but there's a lot of people that take offense to that kind of thing, and they just make a big fuss about being offended, but, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, your life is basically defined on your relationship with, you know, God. Yeah, And, is. you know, and there's a lot of, unfortunately, we're living in times when that's not really consistently taught and that's not com- completely understood you know and i think we're seeing in our lifetime people who are being basically put on the edge or the precipice of their own lives you know having nothing or no one else to turn to and just reaching out and saying hey help me you know yes sir i do I believe think, that you know these are crazy times you know fred leblanc joining us from cowboy mouth on the Braves Radio Network, on the Braves Country Podcast, you can visit their website, cowboymouth.com. Y'all are doing something for good, too, which I love. It'll be Saturday, February 4th, Buckhead Theater here in Atlanta, Georgia. And it features Cracker, Arrested Development, and Cowboy Mouth. Amazing. And it's going to be a huge show. And then there's other bands that will be there, too, called Best Cat Secret, Cage Free, Carmadillos, Donna Hopkins, Dinah Groove, and Ralph Roddenberry. Again, you get your tickets at CowboyMouth.com or AlzheimersMusicFest.org because that's what this is, the Alzheimer's Music Fest, presented by FODAC, the Friends of Disabled Adults and Children. And I'll tell you, my wife's grandmother, she had Alzheimer's. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. And then, to take it a step further, I have an adopted sister who is special needs and a nephew that is special needs. So FODAC and Alzheimer's Association are really, really high on my list of people that I think do great work and do God's work. Well, that's wonderful, man. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm very happy, you know, not only to be playing with, you know, Cracker, who we did a tour with about like 20 years ago, and they're just really great guys and hell of a band. And, you know, I've never I've never seen Arrested Development. They were one of the bands I always wanted to see, you know, because they had that big burst in like the mid to late 90s or whenever it was. And, you know, I mean, it's... You know, it's great to be part of a wonderful cause, you know, something that actually benefits people. Atlanta's always a great time for Cowboy Knife. We love the fact that you're you're doing that show. And then you got other shows, too. The night before, you'll be at the yep. Windjammer in Isle of Palm, South Carolina. Love the Windjammer. Probably my favorite place to play. Do you just play in, like, a bathing suit and get your towel ready and just uh, head out to the beach before and after the gig? Or how, how's that I work used for you? to. I used to. What I used to do <laughs> is um, <laughs> as soon as we would play, because, you know, I don't know how many people have ever seen us or not. I'm the drummer, but I'm also the lead singer, and the drums are up front with everybody else nobody's in the back but um and so i get really really sweaty like first song i'm like completely drenched in sweat plus i'm not what you would con- you would call petite um, so you're like a linebacker so I, you're a linebacker type. i sweat like i sweat like a whore in church man Get so, you know and so what i you know what i used to do after shows at the wind chair because it's it's this venue it's a great venue in isla palm south carolina which is right next to um, Charleston. And so, and it's right on the beach. The venue is literally right on the beach. So what I used to do was after shows, I would just run out to the beach, take off all my clothes and jump in the Atlantic Ocean, jump in the water. And it was always, you know, it was always refreshing, all this stuff. Unless it was winter. I mean, I'm not an idiot, not a complete idiot anyway. <laughs> and so one night I announced, hey, I'm going out to, you know, to the audience, you know, not thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to go out and jump in the, uh, the water after the show, you know. Well, so I didn't think about it, ran out, jumped in the water, took off all my clothes, jumped in the water, and I was followed by about 20 or 30 people. I was like, 
oh, this is not a good idea at all. <laughs> not only being naked, but also thinking, geez, Pete, if one of these drunks drowns, they're, yeah. you know. They're going to blame you. So I stopped doing that after that. It's like, man, this is not a good idea. Knowing you, you probably just uh, held court out there and uh, led the revival back onto the beach and got them all safely in without calling your attorney. I'm a little more vulnerable when I'm naked, you know. <laughs> it's easy to be that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I just decided, okay, I need to, you know, need to, need to shut this down. Shut it down. So. Hey, and what about the Buckhead Theater? You know, that used to be the Roxy. Now the Roxy is yep. up here at the, at the Battery, which we, we're so thankful for here in Atlanta. But it's really great what the folks down there did to restore Valina Vigo was really yeah, in the we, lead we, on that. We, who restored it? Well, Valina Vigo from the 40 Watt and uh, Live oh, Nation, Valina, she, she helped oh, restore it along man. with uh, Mr. Charlie Loudermilk, who's a great Atlantan who's passed on, and now you can see his statue across the street but they really uh, restored that theater and um and uh, you know who else was involved was alex cooley and and, and me actually I, I just to you know toot my own horn I, I went over there and helped out a little bit but not like those cool. people not like those folks and now it's an amazing theater have you played there a couple times no yeah 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 we played there a couple of times since they renamed it the buckhead theater it's wonderful it's great yeah, it's, it's a great, a great venue there's no bad sight line or hearing line uh we had a couple of really killer shows there since they uh, refurbished it, and you know it's, it's great. I look forward to playing there, and I had many great nights there. You know, with uh, with Cowboy Mouth when it was the Roxy. I mean, it's a great room. It really I mean, is. you know, it's just a really well designed, well built room. You know, whether you know whether it's packed or even you know whether it's half full or something like that. It's great. You know, it's. I didn't know Valina had anything to do with it. Man, she's wonderful. I love her. She's great. But I guess that's probably why Cracker's part of it, too. So there you go. I mean, any three of those bands, Arrested Development, Cracker, or Cowboy Mouth, could fill that place up. I think it's going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. over the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, easily. Yeah, but it, it'll be, you know, the three of us together. And it's just such, it's just for such a great cause. You know? I mean, yeah. It's just, you know, we're very, we're very proud to be there. We're very honored to be kind of asked to do it because I love doing stuff like that. You know? Yeah, our buddy Vince, who uh, runs the Alzheimer's Music Fest, he's great, and he, you'll meet him. And uh, and they really do a lot of work. That my my grandfather was affected by it, and we're we're really mm -hmm. all we're really all affected by it in some way or another. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, if a family member is is a you know a family member is afflicted, then you know everybody around the family is afflicted. So you know, you know when family goes through something, they tend to go through it together. On on different levels, of course, but you know, it's like everybody's affected in some way, shape, or form. It's just, and it's just such a, it's just such a cruel disease. It's such a cruel Indeed. affliction, you know. So, but I don't want to go into that here. No, no, but it's out. good to to point it out because people are going through it, mm -hmm. and people do need that assistance. That's the great thing about the Alzheimer's Music Festival. You know, just the fact that we're yeah. able to uh, get together, raise money, and do good for people who are in a tough, tough situation. This will be a great opportunity to let off some steam and reflect and, steam. and raise money, probably raise a pint or ten. Yeah, have a good time. You know, a Cowboy Mouse show, I always try to I let people know, especially during these crazy times. It's like a Cowboy Mouse show is the one place I know of where you don't have to be afraid or worry about anything. Just celebrate your soul, celebrate who you are, let it go. You know, some people choose to do that by, you know, having some drinks, and, you know, I'm not above that myself. Me either. I do believe that life is to be enjoyed not endured so you know yeah I'm so with that's, you. that's my thing so we, my go. wife and i were trying to do dry january and we lasted until last weekend and it kind of turned into more of a damp january <laughs> and we didn't get too crazy we, we, we had you know some glasses of wine and with dinner it was so it's more of a damp january than a dry january uh -huh. you know what i'll take damp january because 
Normally, January is freezing cold, and for whatever reason, this January has not been that bad. So usually I look at January and call it a damn January. So I'm good good with damn January. Absolutely. Fred LeBlanc, Cowboy Mouth, CowboyMouth.com. Make sure you get tickets to the Alzheimer's Music Fest show at Mm -hmm. CowboyMouth.com or Alzheimer'sMusicFest.org, and it is presented by FODAC, Friends of Disabled Adults and Children. Let's talk about some college football here on the Braves Radio Network on the Braves Country Podcast. Scott and I are big Georgia fans, so we we know it's it's easy right now to talk Georgia football. It's not always been that way, <laughs> yeah, but it's easy right now. We're on top of the world right, right. now. My wife is a Georgia Bulldog, and Let's she's go. very happy as well. So God bless her. I knew there was something good. That about means you. Fred's happy. That means Fred's happy. Then if the wife's happy, then everybody's happy. If Mama's happy, everybody's happy. Who's your team? Because my family is all from there, and they grew up. I have generational loyalty to the LSU Tigers. Um, and Baton Rouge, but I mean, I was the only one of my family who was born and raised in New Orleans, so I'm also kind of sympathetic and pretty happy about Tulane's performance as well. The Green Uh, Wave. It's been a good year. It's been a good year all around the LeBlanc household, so it's good. You know, I can't really complain. Between all the LSU kids and all the Tulane kids that, you know, first helped us, you know, basically go beyond Louisiana because... All these kids would tell their friends, you know, up and down the East Coast, hey, go see this band. So we'd show up to like a town, you know, show up to like New York or D.C. and expecting maybe 10 people and there'd be like 500 kids in there. It's like, where the hell did you, how the hell did you hear about us? And they'd be like, oh, man, my buddies at Tulane or my buddies at LSU. So, they, yeah, so. When you're an SEC band, you become a, a national spotlight band. You become band. a national band pretty quickly. At least, how it is. At least an East Coast national band. You know, I mean, that's, you know. That's how it worked for a lot of bands, you know. I'm sure driving and crying experienced the same thing. Yeah, they sure did. What about the Saints? You you follow the Saints still? Uh, A little bit. You know, I kind of – I'm not as big a fan of NFL as as I used to be. I mean, I keep my eye on the Saints because it's hometown. But, you know, when they started kind of pulling the – the political stuff a few years ago i kind of opted out backed off yeah. yeah it's just i just you know i don't i don't want to be it's very odd that the people who say don't you know point your finger at me all of a sudden are now pointing fingers you know and it's like just don't need the bad energy when all that stuff calms down i'll be glad to dive into it again but i just don't need it you know i'm right there with you man i haven't watched in uh in two or three years either and and to be honest don't miss it because i got college football to make me happy I know you played the national anthem here uh, for the Atlanta Braves at Turner Field. That's amazing mm-hmm. information. But uh, sure. but you told me you're not really a baseball guy, but we really want to try to convince you today to become a Braves fan. Is there any way we can do that? What can we do to fix that up? Uh, Send you a T-shirt or a hat. You going to come to a ball game with us this summer? I would love to come to a ball game. Okay. I would love to. It's not that I don't. It's not that I'm not a Braves fan. You know, because I love baseball. I love baseball. But um, you know, like like. And through Cowboy Mouth, we used to do a thing where we'd go and sing the national anthem. Like we, like we, uh, we also sang it. And uh, oh man, what's the place in Boston? I'm blanking. Fenway. Fen- Fenway Park. Fenway, yeah. Oh wow. We sang. We sang. I, I think we sang the uh, national anthem. I know I've walked the bases at Fenway Park, so that's pretty cool. That's that that's something cool. I can pat myself on the back. Not a lot of people can say but, yeah, that. You know, if, you know, I, look, I have no baseball loyalty right now. John Thomas. In my band, he's an insane Dodgers fan. He loves them. I could be a Braves fan. I'm okay, good. so you're yeah, a free, you're a free agent. Braves. You're a free agent Go when Braves. it comes to your. Okay, I, I like that. You're get, we'll, we'll solidify it. What you, you yeah, you're getting closer. Plus, I wanted to tell you that the Braves have a cool uh, drum line here. They have the heavy hitters drum line, and I was thinking nice. maybe you know collaboration, something like that. I was thinking maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I can't read music, so I'm sure those guys are all pretty much pros, but I can't really read music. I just make it up as I go along. So. Yeah, well, I, I think you could hang with them maybe. You could maybe Something show tells them me. Moves. Something tells me you'd be all right. <laughs> and I know you like drum lines being from New Orleans, so there's that. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of, you know, Mardi Gras parades are basically how you, like everybody in New Orleans, everybody who grows up in this area, you know, in the surrounding areas, we all march to kind of literally a different beat because Mardi Gras parades, you know, you see them basically from the womb on up. And everybody here dances differently. Everybody here moves differently than anywhere else in the world because, you know, things are just kind of a little, a little more funky, you know. Yeah, look, I, I got to tell you, I know of Mardi Gras, but I've never been to New Orleans personally. And, and so I don't, I don't know Mardi Gras. So help a guy oh, like right, me right. understand it. Giant, insane celebration of being. That's all there is to it. Well, wow. I love that. That's cool. You just celebrate to celebrate. That's like all it. there is to it. Tell me. And you watch other people do it the same way. There's there's people who make up rules and say it has to be this way. And, and you know, part of the celebration is saying, hell, hell with you. There are no rules. Uh, you can drink as much or as little. It's about, you know, basically it's this unusual Catholic holiday in that uh, you have the Lenten season that follows. Mm -hmm the day after Mardi Gras, right? The thought being that you have to give up something, you know, like meat or smoking or drinking or some some sort of vice. You have to give up a vice for 40 days. And it's, you're basically, if, if my understanding is correct, because I'm not the biggest Catholic scholar in the world, my understanding is that you're, in doing that, you're uh, basically paying tribute to Jesus who was, you know, who gave up this and that during a certain time. And then Easter comes and then Easter uh, happens and Jesus rose from the dead, you know, to save us all from sin. So in that period of, I think it's 40 days, 40 days is correct. you're supposed to give up some sort of advice or what, you know, what, you know, the Catholics figure out. It's like, okay, well, let's have the day before. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. Wednesday. Let's have a day before where we indulge in all our vices. So giving up the vice for 40 days won't be that bad. And they call that Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. And so being New Orleanians, we decided to make it a whole holiday season, which basically starts in Twelfth Night, which is the Twelfth Night, the Twelfth Day after Christmas. Um, when the Mardi Gras season officially begins and carries on for however long Mardi Gras goes, because Mardi Gras is a lunar holiday. It's not a regular, it's not a specific date every year. It can, mm -hmm. it can go from literally the beginning of February, the first day of February to the end of March. So are people outside your place right now just going nuts? No, 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 no. Okay. It's mostly on the weekend. You have two weekends where uh, Mardi Gras is really strong. You have the weekend before the, the Mardi Gras weekend. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. A lot of parades happen. And the following week, there'll be a good number of parades and people will party. But, you know, they still work. They still function. It really doesn't go too insane until the Friday before Mardi Gras day. Then pretty much all bets are off. Speaking of insanity and craziness, I want to tell a couple stories on you here. All right? I never touched her. Okay. You can't believe it. <laughs> Well, speaking of craziness, the first time I met you, Fred, you came over to the hotel to take Kevin, uh, pick up Kevin. Y'all were going to mass, I believe, and uh, and you and you bust into my room and you and you're like yelling my name and you tackle me and you pin me down and you're all in my face and you're like, I'm Fred. I don't know if you recall that or not. 
But it was like something I do. kind of an epileptic episode or something. I'm not sure what happened there, but that reminds me that I was talking to Kevin about that, and he said, well, ask Fred about the first time that I met him, and he was steering his car wheel with his knees over the causeway from Baton Rouge to New Orleans so he could play guitar and sing me songs. Do you remember this? Pretty much, yeah. I remember. And now, what, were you, what was that all about? <laughs> what kind of songs were you playing for Kevin while you drove with your knees? Kevin, uh, Kevin has always been a proponent of, he was a big supporter of my songwriting when we first met, you know, because uh, we were on the, it's very odd, I was in a band called Dash Rip Rock yes. uh, from 1985 to about 1990, and, um, you know, that band was from Louisiana, and that it was a great band, and, you know, it was, but it was just an insane, hellacious experience to where we were just these three kids who had no idea what we were doing and it just clicked and everything took off and none of us were prepared for it right and every week we were touring in that band every week we were on the road at some point i would find myself saying we we, we could die we, we could die you know because <laughs> we're it was in always like some insane situation that we found ourselves in and so um i wrote songs that didn't necessarily fit with Dash's overall vibe. I mean, they used some of them, but, you know, uh, like Jenny says, originally we played that in Dash Rip Rock. So, um, but there was a lot of other songs I wrote that Cowboy Mouth ended up playing, like uh, like a song called Why You Want to Do Me and things like that that became Cowboy Mouth staples that Dash didn't necessarily want to play. And Kevin, you know, so Dash Rip Rock was on this uh, independent record label out of Atlanta called 688 Records. Well, there was this other band called Driving and Crying, mm-hmm. who were on 688 Records, too. And I met those guys through that, and I remember seeing them, and I'd never heard heard them or anything like that. And I remember watching this band and just being stunned. It was like the first time, I mean, the first time I'd ever experienced having chills go up my spine because a band was just so inspiring. I was like, wow. This is incredible. You know, and I'd seen a lot of bands, but they were something. They were just something. And, you know, Kevin and I just became friends. And, you know, he was he was very kind of, uh, I mean, you know how Kevin is. He's kind of. Uh, Kevinly. Free float. He's, he's, yeah, Kevinly. <laughs> That's good. That's actually really good. And if you he's know Kevin at all, creature. it fits. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he's very free floating with his, with his ideas and his songs and things like that. And so. He'd play a song and be like, oh, I got one. Check this out. He goes, hey, man, that's really good. And then back and forth and back and forth. And he was always very supportive of my songwriting. And, you know, and Kevin and Tim, you know, uh, when my girlfriend at the time, a girl named Jenny, uh, uh, <laughs> lived in Atlanta because she was going to school up there. So I, anytime I had off from Dash Rip Rock, Jenny and Kevin lived in the same apartment building. So I'd go hang out with Kevin and Kevin and Tim and I formed a band called the Fred Tones. And it was like, you know, it was like just basically acoustic versions of songs I would write. You know, it was just something we did for fun a couple of times. And, uh, but, you know, and so I think one time we played together in New Orleans and I was driving them somewhere across the causeway. And yeah, I was very adept at driving with my knees. Because, you know, I drive long trips to go see Jenny or driving with Dash. And, you know, I got very good at, like, reading books or, you know. <laughs> right. Like that that's that's impressive. It's amazing I'm not dead. It's, but, kind, you know. it's kind of a drummer thing. you got to use your feet and your hands and your mind all at the same time. So I, I get it. It's uh, cool. I, I, will, I will say this, and it will, it, will, it will 
encompass everything. Yabba dabba do. So there you go. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> this episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Hey, Fred, I got to say thank you on the air here for uh, something you did with us. Uh, I, you know, when I produced that, that documentary movie on, on driving and crying, and, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Scarred But Smarter, Life and Times of Driving and Crying, you know, we had an interview set up with you, and we got into a, ho- a hotel room down there in New Orleans, and, uh, and I thought maybe you were going to just add some color or something like that, but you really became kind of the the cornerstone interview of that film. And uh, I just got to oh, say well, thank you. you very much, man. You really did a great job. Well, I'm a huge fan of those guys. And, you know, I mean, I've known you for years. And, you know, you've always been, you know, one of the very stellar people in our business. And in this in this line of work, it's it's not easy. There's not a lot of people whose feet are on the ground, you know. And you're one of the few I've met who actually, you know, really – are very grounded and just a good dude oh, and you know it's you know because our, our industry is full of people who are freaking crazy you know case <laughs> in point you know present company definitely included right here you know but <laughs> but you know it's it's you know i love that band i remember after you approached me about it i called kevin and we were talking and i was like it's like look you know i i love you know i i appreciate you guys asking me you know, and I'll definitely do whatever you want. But I mean, you know, as far as marquee value goes, I mean, your friends, you know, you got friends like Pete Buck and the Allman Brothers guys, Leonard Skinner guys, you know, I mean, you know, why don't you talk to them about it? And Kevin was like, hey, man, you were the only one who was doing all the drugs. Drugs. You were the only one who could remember what the hell happened. Like, well, there you go. There you go. I love it. Talking to Fred LeBlanc of Cowboy Mouth. Cowboymouth.com is the website. Saturday, February 4th, Buckhead Theater in Atlanta. You can see them along with Cracker 
and Arrested Development. Get tickets at CowboyMouth.com or Alzheimer'sMusicFest.org. It is presented by Fodak Friends of Disabled Adults and Children. It's going to be a great show. And if you happen to be in Isle of Palm, South Carolina on Friday, February 3rd, you can see them at the Widjammer the night before. But again, tickets at CowboyMouth.com. What are some things, Fred, that you listen to now? Like, are, is, are there any mainstream bands that you listen to? Anything that you might hear on the radio that people would know? Country, rock, hip-hop? What's keeping your ears full? Not really. Um, you know, I, I've got two kids and I've got two stepkids. So, I mean, I hear what they play, you know, but it's not, you know. When I was a child, when I was younger, music was a way not only to, not something to entertain, to entertain yourself with, but it was also a way of identifying yourself, you know, identifying what crowd you're hung with or whatever. And I was, um, you know, my first job when I was about 11 years old was uh, I worked at a used record store in Harahan, Louisiana. It was my job to alphabetize 250,000 albums and singles on a regular basis, things that would just keep coming in. So I learned to kind of keep an open mind and open ear with stuff because you never know what you could find. It'd be like, oh, what is this? You know, what is this? Oh, The Doors? Oh, that looks pretty interesting. Love the Doors. Wow, this is great. Oh, Muddy Waters? Oh, this is pretty interesting. Yes, sir. This looks cool. Let me put this on. Wow, this is great. Carl Perkins? Oh, wow. You know, so, you know, uh, you know, the Sex Pistols, things like that. I found anything, and I, and I would just give it a listen. I was like, wow, you know. And so right now I'm kind of going through this period where I'm going backwards. I'm discovering bands that I missed back in, like, the, the kind of the era back then. Like, I've just rediscovered the Guess Who and like, oh, their whole story of how they were intertwined with Bob and Turner Overdrive. I'm loving that, you know. I've really enjoyed a lot of these old Beatles remixes. Yeah. The, the remixes they're doing, I think they're really interesting, and they've really colored the way that I'm mixing and working on a lot of cowboy mouse stuff now, you know, because cause for so long the style was to put the drums everywhere in a mix, and because a lot of those recordings you had the whole drum kit only on one track there's not much they can do with it so they tend to put center the drums and then put everything around it there's this huge area of room sonically which you could just make anything happen i'm really enjoying that type of stuff a lot of the newer stuff i mean i hate to sound like an old grandpa but it just doesn't really appeal to me you know yeah. I mean, the last it doesn't thing have a lot of really soul. tickled me was Lord. I really enjoyed that, but that was a while ago. I really enjoyed the postmodern jukebox, everything they're doing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's kind of a YouTube thing, but uh, they tend to take newer songs and play them in a very antiquated style, like, you know, like 20s jazz or kind of the that's 30s cool. or 40s approach, big band approach. I really enjoy that stuff. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm listening to a lot of. Right on. That's I awesome. I really delve that much into new stuff. Also, I tend to find a lot of new stuff that people recommend is to be kind of a rehash of old stuff and you know yeah i tell you in the country world just as i work country radio morgan wallen is uh a guy that whatever he writes speaks to my heart because he grew up in east tennessee and i grew up in northwest georgia very similarly so yeah, that that's uh-huh. kind of speaking out to me and he's he's blowing up with a lot of success i like i like seeing that so if you get a chance to check him out maybe it'll maybe it'll speak to you maybe not you know but that's the beauty no, no, of music no, I, I probably will like i mean country has kind of turned me off for a while simply because it hadn't really sounded like country you know yeah like, absolutely I think of country i listen to hank and patsy me too old george jones and things like that yeah you know? did you ever um you know did you ever see that uh that tv series that mike judge who did king of the hill and he also did big and butthead he did 
a two-season TV show called Tales from the Tour Bus. Did yes, I that? did. Loved yes. It. Loved it. That is, that is spectacular. So good. And that actually turned me on to a couple of, you know, people that I didn't really know about, you know, you know, both in like funk and country. And, you know, so I would recommend that to anybody out there. You can find it on Hulu. No, you can't find it on Hulu. You can find it, I think, on Amazon Prime. You may have to pay for it, but it's totally worth it. I mean, it tells all the wild backstage stories of people like George and Tammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Johnny Paycheck episode is hysterical. There's a whole arc uh, with James Brown going through Bootsy Collins and into George Clinton was just mind-blowingly hilarious. And uh, it's, you know, it's, that's really spectacular. I'm so glad you mentioned that because just to brag a little bit on my family, my cousin Bob Massey out in Los Angeles was one of the writers on that show. And uh, oh, really? so I got to hear about it a little bit early and get a, a couple of clips. And uh, that episode, he really got into that one, all that stuff you're talking about with the James Brown and, and the, the episode where Prince and what's the band that he uh, produced? Prince New Power Generals? Yeah, that was yeah. Oh, my God. That's that a, was incredible. What a great episode. It just kind of shows what you how great. it is backstage, too. It's it's really neat on the what tour is, bus. It's not, just, it's not just the, the backstage, like, you know, the debauchery. It's like basically how these people work. Yeah. You know, and based, you know, how they, you know, because when you get to that level of success, it's just so insane. It really it's is. so insane. And you're basically a dinghy in a hurricane, you know, and you're basically just trying to navigate <laughs> right. the water. You know? That's so descriptive, a dinghy in a hurricane. I love it. People also don't understand being around musicians and, you know, Cowboy Mouth never reached that pinnacle of fame and, you know, Driving Crying never did really either, you know, that level of success of like a Hootie or Bare Naked Ladies when they had their moment, you know, like uh, 20 years ago, that level where it's just it's just insane all of the time. People forget that, you know, it takes a lot to deal with that type of thing. Watching that show, it kind of translates a lot of, you know, the difficulties and the crazy things you got to deal with, even at a level of success like Cowboy Mouth had and has and driving and crying. I mean, it's, 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 it's really is an alternate reality and I'm not complaining about it because these are the choices you make in your life. You know, these are the things you choose to pursue, but you know, at the same time, it's, it's very, it's very different. And you come out of that with a pretty, <laughs> pretty intense form of PTSD, you know, <laughs> where it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to be learned about human nature and, you know, the human condition by seeing how insane things can get. You brought up uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, a couple of things. You know, Darius Rucker uh-huh. had his first ever number one hit in country music. He has put out some incredible stuff. Hootie was always a country band. They were always totally. a country band that played rock, you know? I mean, because, I mean, even back, like, in the, you know, in the very early days, they were covering things like Radden Foster and Nancy Griffith and all that type of stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, the fact that Darius became a country star, it, you know, wasn't out of the realm of possibility. It's a possibility at all. Because I always looked at him as a country band, you know, that little 80s kind of country that was very, this this really kind of cool kind of country that produced, you know, like Lyle Lovett, uh, Nancy Griffith, you know, um, who's that guy, Steve, uh, what's his name? Steve Earle? Steve Earle, yeah. That whole little kind of 80s kind of country, bringing country and, and the song tradition to a different area, uh, but still it maintaining its country roots, you know, that, that whole kind of. I just love that stuff, and you know the the Hootie guys brought all that stuff with them, 
and they brought that to rock, and they were one of the few bands I've ever seen that really successfully melded the genres, and the way they did it was by completely being themselves. Yeah, Darius says that uh, Let Her Cry was the first country song he ever wrote. Cowboy Mouth, you guys are headed down to uh, Mexico with with Hootie Fest with those guys. We did it last year, and it was it was spectacular. It was great. We did, like, the pool party, and it went surprisingly well. I think I don't think anybody expected it to go as well as it went for us there. And so they... They're bringing us back this year. Not only are we doing the pool party again because it was such a hit, but they're actually putting us on one of the main stages too, which is you know, it's great. So you the you guys have been nothing but benevolent to us and and everybody. Once they reached that level where they could dictate the terms, they brought everybody out. They brought us out. They brought the driving crying guys out. They brought uh, all their friends, you know. And you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, we would have never gotten a major label deal. We would have never gotten a lot of the breaks that we got so i mean you know basically you know if it wasn't for the hootie guys cowboy mouth probably wouldn't be as known as we are so and that's just that's just a fact i got to work with darius the other day at the uh, rem tribute show the 40th anniversary of uh chronic town must have been fun i saw some clips it looked pretty good he was he stole the show man he was out there a lot of people were out there maybe had rehearsed it maybe there were some notes you know except for kevin kinney and darius rucker and they were just out there belting it out from the heart and it was amazing. Yeah, so. well, I mean, those songs, you know, that, that era of the band means so much to so many musicians, you know, because that, you know, that, that era of R.E.M. was so inspirational to generations of musicians. I mean, I remember, you know, my personal experience was I remember when that stuff came out was right when I was trying to decide what I was going to do with myself. And I remember being a young musician and all the bands that were successful at the time, like mega successful, you know, were like Haircut 100 and Boy George and all that stuff. And, you know, look, Culture Club was a good band. They did their thing, and they had some really great songs. The guy was a good singer. I'm a guy. I'm a dude. I'm not going to, you know, the idea of prancing around on a stage just wasn't really, <laughs> it didn't really speak to me, you know. And I remember, you know, there was this weird little band that played bars in my neighborhood traveling around in a in a broken down van and the guitar player, you know, there was none of this synthesizer or Lynn drum or any of that stuff. The guitar player played a guitar plugged through a Fender amp. The bass player played a bass plugged in through an Ampeg amp and the drummer played real drums and the singer sang. They made this weird, cool noise, you know? And it was like, if these guys could do it, I can surely do it. I can do something, you know? And that band was R.E.M., you know? And so it was like, you know, it was like really, they were very inspirational to a, a huge generation of musicians, not just because of the music, but because of their approach, you know. I'll paraphrase Kevin Kinney, who says, greatest Southern rock band that he's ever seen. And that's, and that, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of people don't think of it that way, but really they, they, they brought Southern rock into the future. You said you were recording. You mentioned that. I yeah, didn't, yeah, that yeah. wasn't lost on me. So what's going on? We got a new Cowboy Mouth record in 2023? Well, I think we're trying to, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time. And we've talked a lot about how to approach releasing new music because, you know, on the one hand, you know, CDs just aren't selling, you know, and it's not that there's a lack of desire for the music. It's just, you know, people aren't buying the physical property anymore, you know, and you see that with, you know, merchandise sales and shows and stuff. So I think, you know, look, if you're the Beatles or Taylor Swift or something like that, you're going to sell albums, you're going to sell, you know, vinyl, you're going to sell CDs and all that type of stuff. 
you know, forever, it seems. But a band like us, it's like, how do I go about releasing a new set of songs and not have it disappear, you know, from the public consciousness within like a week and a half, you know? Because right. that's what seems to happen with a lot of bands. Even REM towards the end of their career, you know, it got to the point where they'd release an album and they'd go on tour, but, you know, the the impact of the album would be gone within like a couple of weeks. So I've, I've seen a lot of bands, what they're doing is just kind of releasing individual songs at a certain time, you know, individual singles. And I think that's the approach we're going to start. We've got a few things in the works right now. We've got a new song called um, A Better Time, and it should be out within like a month or two. And we're just going to start releasing singles like every two to three months just to keep the pipeline, just to keep material in the pipeline and to keep the impact fresh, you know. It's so smart, man, and I'm seeing that a lot. And, again, working country radio for the last 20 years, I see that from so many artists that are the biggest in the format that are doing that exact same thing. They'll have a single that they're working, you know, the radio station with, but then they'll release one every couple months just to stay in front of people, and you have to, man. People's attention span are so short. Yeah, people's attention spans are so short. And also these days with all the craziness in the world, people are scared. That too. You know, they're scared. They're not spending money. They, you know, it's people are very worried about the future. And so you have to constantly fight for their attention. I think that's the smartest way to do it. I mean, basically, you know, what it does, it just goes back to the old business model of like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, because that's what these people did, you know? Yeah. The, the music business wasn't always this giant monolith based around albums that people were waiting for, you know? It was like, you know, you had you had like the old blues and country musicians, they would release records, and the records were sold in a box in a hardware store. You know, record stores as an actual phenomenon or music stores as an actual phenomenon didn't really happen until the late 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, you know, there's not too many of them like there used to be nowadays, you know. So, I mean, you have to kind of find a way to get people to pay attention to what you do. And releasing something new on a regular basis, I think, will help us do that, you know, for for a long time we were putting out albums and they're really good albums with strong songs but you know the impact would just disappear very quickly it's like okay how do i do this so i'm not beating my brains out writing songs and recording spending a fortune recording stuff how do we do this how do we streamline this process because that's what i found to be the way of the band survival streamlining streamlining the live process streamlining the recording process streamlining everything making it as fast and as stealth and as impactful as possible so fred there's one thing you can't uh you can't streamline on we got to have a video for every song so even if you get those some of the kids from tulane or something to make you one you know just to, you know, um, we gotta have a video yeah we haven't really gotten we haven't really figured that part out yet you could have a live video or a lyric video or a dramatic video what, what any one of those are easy yeah yeah i think i think so i think it's just i want to see what way we can approach that creatively we've put out some videos we have this uh, filmmaker, a guy named Reggie, out of Mississippi, and he's really helped us a lot. He did some great videos for I Believe, and it's yeah. all called Broken Up. I assume we'll probably start using him a lot more because he's he's very streamlined in his approach, and his work is just great. Yeah, get uh, Reggie to work. The I Believe and the, break, and the Broken Up videos, those are really strong stuff. But, them. I mean, doing that for every song is just, I don't know if it's feasible or workable, especially for a band like us, you know, because starts to cost money <laughs> i hear you i hear you money well, we'll uh, changes everything you know, we'll figure it out 
you know, in this business, you have to relearn how to walk every few years, and that's just the way it is, you know. Hey, man, uh, you're doing great down there in New Orleans, and we're loving it, and I can't wait to hear the new music and see the new video yeah. if you make one or whatever you do, and everybody's got to check out uh, Cowboy Mouth on tour, and you go get the dates at uh, cowboymouth.com. Now, we always like to close our shows talking about food. It's, it's tugging my favorite subject, really. Yes, and, sir. Uh, so, and this is a great occasion. We get to speak to someone about New Orleans food who might be an expert on it, and I have a few questions and for the people. You know, I made you, we made you uh, define Mardi Gras earlier. Now we want to know some Shoot. things like, what is a muffaletta? A muffaletta is a giant sandwich. Uh, it's basically, it's it's kind of along the lines of a po' boy sandwich, but not the same thing. Uh, different ingredients. Yeah. Muffaletta is uh, you have two giants, two giant slices of bread that are basically around ten inches in diameter, um, and they're very thick. But they have everything on there from like ham, turkey cheese, different kinds of cheeses, different kind of hams, different kind of meats, salami. You can you know you can put anything on it along with like uh kind of vinegar sauces and things like that. They are stupendous and it's difficult to eat a whole one in one sitting. A lot of people when yeah. they buy them, they uh basically eat like a quarter or a half at once. Uh the best muffaladas in town and the way we pronounce it is muffalata even muffalata. though it's called okay. Don't ask me. That's we're, New Orleans. We're learning here. We're learning. Uh, but, the best one is at uh, Central Grocery down in the um, down the French Quarter. I think it's on Decatur. Uh, they uh, they were the ones who originally came up with it and started making them. Uh, at least that's my understanding. But you can find them pretty much anywhere. But for me, the best ones are in uh, at Central Grocery in uh, the French Quarter. Okay, what's up with the king cake, and why is there not a baby in it anymore? What's happening? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, every king cake I've ever had has a baby in it, so I don't know what the deal is. King king cake is a Mardi Gras cake. Uh, it's basically a cake that celebrates Mardi Gras. My wife, I uh, swear, my wife, uh, I personally enjoy the ones with cream cheese because it makes it creamier and better. Uh, my wife, unfortunately, she considers cream cheese to be sacrilegious. Oh, wow. So okay. that is one point. That is one area where we disagree. But uh, king cakes are basically Mardi Gras cakes. Uh, they're like basically giant pieces of bread sprinkled with uh, like uh, like, a, like a glaze sauce with sugar, like different colored sugars on top. Uh, I think they're great. And then there's a little plastic baby in there that you got to try not to choke on. The baby, the baby, you get the baby, and whoever gets the baby, whoever gets a slice with the baby, has to buy the next king cake. Ah, uh, see for me, I, my favorite king cakes are the cream cheese ones at Haydell's Bakery in Jefferson. Okay, great, good to know. Okay, jambalaya versus gumbo, go. Uh, they're not. They don't have to be versed. What do you? You mean you want me to explain the difference? I don't know. Something like that. I, we're not sure. I just order okay, it and gumbo, it comes. Gumbo is a sauce. Gumbo is a sauce. Okay. You basically, you make it from a roux. <laughs> a roux is like a. It's a. It's a, a kind of a flour-based liquid. It's very thick. The best gumbos, I think, are very thick and dark. Uh, it has like a dark texture and taste to it. Gumbo can be uh, made with anything. Some people prefer a seafood gumbo, shrimp, fish, crab. Oyster and shrimp gumbo is very popular, but you can also make it with chicken or sausage, and that's just as good. It's rare when they mix the seafood gumbo with uh, the regular uh, deli-type gumbo. I've never seen it, but I assume it can happen. I prefer a very dark, thick roux. My favorite two gumbos in New Orleans are at uh, one at R&O uh, Restaurant in Bucktown. For my money, it's uh, one of the two best gumbos I've ever had. Also, uh, there's a gumbo at Herb Saint, which is a restaurant on St. Charles.
Charles, H-E-R-B-A-S-A-I-N-T. You can actually sit out on the sidewalk and eat it. It's a little more upscale in terms of uh, presentation. It'd be a nice place to bring a date, uh, but they have great gumbo there. Uh, but honestly, one of probably the best gumbo I ever had, surprisingly enough, was at a place called Kermit Outlaw Kermit's Outlaw Kitchen in Tupelo, Mississippi, yes. which was odd because they put, you know, because some people put like, you know, like they put it over rice or something like that. These people, they put, they took grits and they put it actually in the gumbo and made it as part of the gumbo. Yes, sir. The bad thing was, is that as great as it was. It was just something that was there temporarily, and they've never made it again. Oh, even though wow. I asked them and roast beef pool boys in town, if you ask me, and uh, Herb Saint on there St. Charles. Man, if I ever get and New Orleans, I'm trying. Jambalaya is a completely different dish. It has no sauce. Uh, jambalaya is like uh, uh, like a Spanish Latin flavored rice with uh, a lot of sausage and chicken in it. It's superb. So delicious. So good. And it's been good talking to you too, man. Just a great way to catch up and talk about things that are going on in the world, talk about things that are going on in the band Cowboy Mouth, and encourage everybody Mm -hmm. to get tickets for the 10th Annual Alzheimer's Music Festival coming up Saturday. It'll be a blast. It'll be the best rock and roll show you've ever seen, heard, or felt in your entire life. It's at the Buckhead Theater. Get your tickets. Cowboymouth.com or you can get them at alzheimersmusicfest.org. Either one of those. Yeah, Cowboy Mouth is on all the uh, all the social media we mostly work either out of our website or our facebook page but you know we're on instagram and twitter and all that stuff too so we got to get you to a braves game bring your drums over here we'll see if we can play some music in the studio and then go right across the way from us so we're looking down at the right field gate of uh, truest park here where the braves play so we'll get to get you a braves uh, hat and a shirt and go see the braves play i would love to fred leblanc of cowboy Let's do it again sometime gentlemen what do you say huh? yes sir. sounds great Absolutely. man thank you fred See y'all in a couple of weeks, all right? See you yes, there, sir. We'll y'all come there. back now, you hear? Take care, guys. Talk to Be you good, soon. bro. Bye-bye. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. Braves Country supports the Warrior Alliance and the Shepherd's Men, two phenomenal veteran organizations based in the South. Check out thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com for more info and resources. That's thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com. Braves Country would like to thank all of our nation's great veterans. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win.
When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com. 